I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Before we kick off, I wanted to announce that the winners for the Movement Watch giveaway have been drawn. I've made the announcement on the Facebook page rather than do it here. So head there to see if it's you. Thanks to everyone who got involved. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. This episode of Human Ordinary is sponsored by Harry's and Filter Easy. Our house in the middle of our street is a white weatherboard home with an olive tree in the front. Our backyard is partitioned off with an access alley down the side, which only the landlord has the key for. It would be exciting if there was something untoward going on, but I peeked over the fence one day and it was just growing artichokes. From our street, you can see the city on a clear day. Every New Year's Eve, we head out to the road so we can see the fireworks over the buildings. There's often people letting some off at the local park, and it's so loud that all the neighbourhood dogs freak out. A few blocks away, in the industrial estate, is a drive-in movie theatre. It's one of only two left in the state, and we go there in the summer to sit out on camping chairs and eat toffee popcorn. There's a train line that cuts down the middle of our suburb, and on the other side is the local pool, an athletics track, more parkland, There's two little shopping strips either side of the train station, mostly bakeries and restaurants or thrift shops. There's always locals about, but nothing much to bring others to the suburb, nothing with the latest bells and whistles. Sometimes at night, we'll hear a police chopper overhead. They busted up a marijuana grow house recently. It was right near our place, and a buddy of mine lived next door to one in his quiet street on the other side of the train tracks. Once, I left my bike chained up at the train station for a couple of days, and when I finally came to get it, it was gone. I reported the theft to the police, but I didn't have a photo and couldn't even really remember what it looked like. As yet, the crime remains unsolved. On weekends in my neighbourhood, you can hear the match sirens from the local football. When the weather is nice on a Sunday, a group of men will often meet to play cricket. They're not part of any club, they just get together when they can to socialise and have a hit. Families will be down at the park near the lake, small barbecues filling the air with smells of cooking meat, men on park benches sharing a shisha, kids going on the flying fox or the giant slide down the hill. Our suburb is a place about 12 kilometres north of Melbourne. It's a place called Reservoir. You can get a good pizza down Broadway, fish and chips right under the shop. Or a Boston bun at Sergeant's Cakes or a barbecue at Edwards Lake Park. And if you want to fit in around here, then you best say it right. But there's one thing you can't do reservoir, and that's call it reservoir. Uh-uh, uh-uh, you don't call it reservoir. I think that's what makes it so poignant is that people are quite, it's quite polarizing. This is Danny, local resident, musician, and co-writer of the Reservoir song. I mean, the lady on the train on the announcement tends to the reservoir, or it's almost in between. Now arriving at Reservoir. And yeah, when we put the song out, we realised people weren't happy about the lady on the train. He's also the co-creator of the popular Reservoir Stomp Music Festival, 
which is held every year at the local bowls club. We'd seen a, a Sunday afternoon gig there. I think it was on the same day as the kite festival. They had a car show and a and a band on, and yeah, the place was ripe for putting on gigs. And there's people out there that want to see some rock and roll on a Sunday afternoon, and, and can bring the kids along. I remember when I was travelling in Italy, I came out of the subway in Rome, and right there in front of me was the Colosseum. It seemed so bizarre that this world-famous and ancient thing was just there like a normal building. I mean, it would make more sense to me if the whole thing was in a museum rather than just in the middle of some inner-city burb. And the crazy thing is that's someone's neighbourhood. Some people leave their house every day and walk past the Colosseum. Most people are probably used to the site by now. Some are probably sick of it. Reservoir isn't really famous for much, I guess. I mean, it's the largest suburb in Melbourne by area. It's got a lake. And it does have what I think is the world's worst and most frustrating train crossing. So I suppose there's that. I wonder if we could build a tourism industry around this latest wonder of the modern world. Behold, an intersection and level crossing so poorly designed that it's not a rare event to get stuck there in your car for 10 minutes at a time. I suppose if Reservoir is known for something, then, like many suburbs, it's probably for the people that call it home. Like, Pat was just this guy who started talking to me because I was holding my microphone. I told him Patrick was my middle name, but he said his name was actually short for Pasqualino. Yeah, I'm Italian, but I was born in Australia. My parents are Italian, like background Italian, but I was born, Australian born. Like, I'm not a full Aussie. You don't reckon you're full? I reckon you're full Aussie nah, if you're born. I'm not a You're not like a skip, is that, is that what you say? I'm not a skippy, nah. <laughs> Unless my parents are Aboriginal, I, I, I wouldn't be a full blood, like, I can't be a full blood Aussie, you know what I mean? So then how long have you lived? Do you live in the area? Do you live in Reservoir? I've, I haven't lived here all my life, but I've lived here for some of my life. And what do you think? What do you think of Reservoir? Nah, it's not too bad, not too bad. So what are you, what are you doing today? I've got to catch up with someone. My work in DIS worker, and that's about it. Okay, then see what happens during rest of, for the rest of the day, I All guess. Right. Yeah. So, what do you normally do with yourself? No, nothing. Normally, I'm at home smoking backy bongs or cigarettes. That's about it. A backy bong? Yeah. What? Never heard of that. No. Why is it just tobacco? It's just tobacco. No truth. No drugs. Just tobacco. So, why do you smoke that in a bong? Well, I got used to it when I was a kid because when I was a kid, I used to smoke a lot of truth. And then I used to go to someone's house all the time and I was there all the time. So when they never had truth, they'd smoke backy bongs to make the bong go around all the time. So I got used to backy bongs. I smoke normal cigarettes when I'm out in the street, yeah. but when I'm at home, I ever smoke backy bongs and yeah, because I don't like leaving butts in the ashtray. Well, fair enough. Well, that's yeah. a good thing. Right, I'm going to let you go. All right, man. I might talk to you later. Man. Thanks, Pat. There's a friend of mine, Renee who lives a few blocks from me with her husband and three kids. When we were teenagers, she lived a few blocks from me with her parents and two siblings in the eastern suburb of Templestowe. I think one of the big differences between then and now is that I didn't think of Templestowe as part of who I was or the neighbourhood as part of where I belonged then, but I do now. And ten years ago, she lived a few blocks from me with her friends in the inner city suburb of Carlton. Now, it's purely coincidental, but at the same time, we could have picked anywhere to live, but we chose those places. And that's the thing about neighbourhoods, 
is that they seem to attract a particular type of person. One of the reasons we wanted to come back to Reservoir is because there are people we have more in common with. So, for example, people who have come from other countries, such as India, and people who are of the creative type. So if I think about it now at school, I know someone who works at La Mama, I know someone who's a photographer, I know someone who's a um, musician, I know lots of people from there, but it's like, oh, it's working. We are planting ourselves back where the kind of people are that we want to meet and the people we want to be, um, who we want to hang out with for the next few years. Of course, it doesn't always work out like that. Not everyone Renee meets here is going to be just like her. But that's kind of what she's after as well. Um, So I guess the thing about Reservoir is that it plonks us right in the middle of people who we get along famously with because we have shared values and also people we get along famously with because we don't. And, um, you know, I'm not perfect, nobody's perfect, but there's something about having people around you who think different things and will challenge you directly or indirectly. I think that's what we need to look for in some of our neighbourhoods instead of only giving someone a cup of sugar if they watch the same TV shows or vote the same way as you. That's, That's when I think we're getting into danger. Nothing can show you how much someone has changed, quite like not seeing them for a decade. Those differences become highly measurable, like returning to a sapling years later to find it's grown into a tree fit for a tyre swing. Ten years ago, when we lived near each other in Carlton, Renee and I were living in share houses that we treated as homes on the way to other things. We only wanted to be around people who were just like us. Now, we've begun the inevitable process of settling down, and sometimes we take our kids to the park so we can chat while they play. It's real. It's genuine. There's like, there's no ego or pretense about it. I guess having those staple day-to-day things in your existence that you, you become accustomed to. So seeing the same folks in the morning saying g'day to George, getting a coffee. Hey, Danny, how you going? Same again. And then you see, say g'day to all the same old folks, which they're not there anymore, actually. And I find that quite, quite important to have that sort of continuity in your day. It's, that's, that's the uh, attraction out here. There's no one thing to put your finger on it, but um, I think it's, it's not trying to hide anything. <laughs> Reza. <laughs> Reservoir isn't the only neighbourhood where the same old faces hang out down the street. It's not the only place in the world that's welcoming and feels like home. But it is the place where Danny, Renee and Pat find those things. And that's the point, I think. Neighbourhoods are different and people change. And it's hard to predict how a particular person will fit with a particular place. It's even harder for a person to tell another what is so great about where they live. At the end of the day, and just as Dennis DeNudo from The Castle once said, it's all about the vibe. Because every neighbourhood has a vibe, and people are often drawn to it because it matches their own vibe. And they can't explain it. When Danny says that Reservoir is genuine, What he's really saying is that the place feels right for him. Everyone's not going to come here and feel the same things, but Danny, Renee and Pat do. And that says as much about them as it does about Reservoir. And maybe that's the difference with being a teenager. You want to go out and find those people who share your values and share who you are and want to make you who you are. And then as you get older, maybe you're more settled with that and it doesn't matter too much if the people around you 
I don't know, vote differently or have something different for dinner, the important thing is that they're kind enough to each other and keep an eye out for each other. You can sit at the light at the junction for the best part of the day Or you can wait a lifetime until they shift the level crossing away Shoot pool all night at Edwards Place Fill your donuts with Nutella But there's one thing you can't do in Reservoir And that's call it Reservoir Yeah, but nah, you don't call it Reservoir This will be the last stop. Thank you for travelling with Yarra Trams. When I was young, the neighbourhood seemed like my entire world. I remember being a little tacker, growing up in regional Victoria, and my friends and I would take off on our BMX bikes, thinking we'd been on the biggest adventure if we managed to make it five streets from our houses before the separation anxiety kicked in. Streets not ventured down became new frontiers of possibility. We would stumble upon a milk bar, hitherto undiscovered, and walk in expecting to find strange and exciting new treats. I remember the days when you could get a red frog for five cents, or a mixed lolly bag for fifty. Simpler times. Today, a lot of that excitement is gone. Part of it is having a better understanding of what's around the neighbourhood, but another part of it is the cynical perception that nothing can be surprising. I feel like I know my neighbourhood back to front, but this isn't because I actually do, it's more because I have this belief that novelty is rare and most things are filled with the same ordinary sameness. Which is probably why the llama sticks out so much. Hi, my name's Mandy and I'm the llama owner from the llama house. The llama house has this life-sized llama in the front yard. It's pretty realistic, curly white with a Mona Lisa smile. It faces the footpath so it can greet you as you pass, with its big eyes staring into your soul like it knows all your secrets. It was a congratulations present from my daughter. She just had a baby. Friend of the family just pulled up with a, a trailer, jumped out, and two guys started unloading it over the fence. <laughs> so why a llama then? Because they're freaks, yeah, basically. <laughs> Okay. Uh, and does the llama have a name? Yes, its uh, name's Leopold. And why Leopold? Just because we have a child and she um, liked to name things that, so she could remember what sort of animal it was, so it had to be Leopold the llama. Yeah. I'm used to Leopold now, but when he first appeared, he gave me a bit of a fright. Parts of our brains work at different speeds processing information, and I sensed the danger from a five-foot-tall quadruped before I realised it was just made of fibreglass. When we first got it, the uh, our Italian uh, pizza place, um, the guys were scared of it. And we'd get a phone call on the house phone, sort of, your pizza is at the gate. And we'd have to go out with the money because they wouldn't come in and it had been dropped. And we got it for free because <laughs> it was all mixed up together. <laughs> So the restaurant's actually taken a photo of the llama and they've got it next to the phone. So when we ring up and order takeaway, we say we're from the llama house and the delivery guy can see the picture of the llama and be able to walk with confidence to our front door. And despite his hard exterior, hollow body 
and ability to strike dread into local delivery drivers, Leopold is a friendly and unlikely neighbourhood novelty. He's uh, very obliging when it comes to mothers plonking kids on his back and taking photos. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Photos. So quite often we can be sitting watching TV and we see a strange child in our front yard and it's just like, okay, you yeah. know. You, you don't mind? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. That's really cool. Yeah. Nice. So. This episode is sponsored by Harry's. Now, I've got a beard that some of the young folk have described as fierce, which I'm led to believe is a good thing. But I still need to keep my cheeks and neck all nice and baby smooth, which is why I recommend Harry's. If you need a close, comfortable shave, then Harry's have the razors for you. And because Harry's know that trying new things can be daunting, they've created a special trial offer of their razors. In it, you'll get one of their five-blade shavers with a weighted ergonomic handle, travel cover for it so you don't dull it in your luggage, and a shaving gel. That's 13 bucks of value that you can grab for nothing, as long as you pay for the shipping. Claim yours by going to harrys.com forward slash human ordinary. Harry's founders understood that great razors were all about the blades, made with dependable steel that lasts. So they bought a factory and started Harry's. By selling direct to you over the internet, they can offer their blades at a price much lower than the leading brands, Plus, if you don't love your shave, let Harry's know within 30 days and they'll give you a full refund. Listeners of my show can redeem their free trial set at harrys.com forward slash human ordinary. Make sure you go to harrys.com forward slash human ordinary to redeem your offer and let them know I sent you to help support the show. This episode is sponsored by Filter Easy. So, the Environmental Protection Agency ranks poor indoor air quality as one of the top five environmental risks. Amazingly, indoor air can be two to five times more polluted than outdoor air. That's why having a reliable air filter is so important, and the team at Filter Easy have an amazing subscription service to ensure you always have a clean filter when you need it. Filter Easy makes it impossible to forget to change your air filters. They arrive at your front door when you need to change them. You can sign up in under five minutes, and all you need to know is your filter size, and how many your home needs. And for listeners of my show, you can receive your first order free by visiting filtereasy.com or by calling one 910 easy Make sure you use offer code HUMANORDINARY. Sign up today at filtereasy.com to get your first order free. That's filtereasy.com or call one 910 easy Make sure you use offer code Human Ordinary. 
One thing about my neighbourhood that I really do find kind of special is that I have a family connection to the place. This whole suburb echoes with family history. A lot of the lives of my parents and grandparents were lived within a five kilometre radius of where I am right now. But my favourite part is that the street we live on is the same street where my father grew up. We moved in there in the April of 51. This is my nana. Her name is Betty, and by the time you hear this, she'll be 90 years old. But she was only 22 when she and her husband Pat bought a weatherboard home and moved to my future street and reservoir. We had no power, we had no gas, we had no hot water and um, no toilet. We had a toilet down the back of the house, down the back of the yard. And to go to the toilet at night, particularly if it was cold, you'd have to put your gumboots on and your rain hat and your raincoat because it was right down the end of the yard and we didn't even have a path. It was just sort of the kids used to call it Daddy's Paddock because Pat wasn't terribly good with the garden. But we, we were in our own house. It was lovely. Back when Betty and Pat bought the place, this whole area was mostly paddocks. Our street was all dirt, mud when it rained, and there stood only a couple of houses. And then people started to move in. The people moved in on one side of us. They were very nice. There was a, a, a couple who didn't have any children. He was quite a funny man. He loved his drink and he used to hide his drink from his wife in the woodshed or the bricket. And you'd hear him moving around in there looking for his grog that he'd put out there and he couldn't find it. But on the other side, there were a couple who had three or four children and they were, they were very nice. We got on well with them. The kids played together. And over the road, directly over the road from us, there was a couple. They were an older couple with an older child and they were very good friends. They used to let me drive their car or they'd take us places in their car. Betty and Pat had four kids in that house, raised them in the neighbourhood as the other kids around grew with them. They watched as they went from being one of the only young families in a little house on a dirt street to being one of many in a quiet neighbourhood that grew into a community. One day, Kathy was about two and a half. Kathy is my auntie. And I went in to get her up and she's not in her cot, she's gone. And a lady in Frankston Street had been watering her garden and she saw her walk past and so she took Kathy in and rang the police. And when I rang, they said, yes, they had her at the police station. But the people in our street, they were all out walking in every different direction to look for her. It was incredible. They were wonderful. Kathy came home as happy as a lark. The policeman carried her in on her shoulders. She had a lovely time. <laughs> yeah, neighbours did that in those days. They went out of their way to help you. Because nobody had very much, and I think the more you get, the more the more selfish you become. You're more frightened that people are going to take things off you or do something. I don't know. It's sad, really. I reckon my nan is pretty sharp. And while I do think that people in my street would still head out to look for a missing kid, I think that she might be onto something. I've been feeling a bit lately that the concept of neighbour is fading or at the least becoming something it wasn't. I remember growing up, we always seemed to have a close bond with at least one of our next-door neighbours. As a real young fella, one of my best friends was the girl who lived next door to us. We did a lot together, 
My dad even nailed steps into the fence on our side so we could both climb over whenever we wanted. Then there was the elderly couple next to us when we lived in Sydney. She, the pack-a-day smoking busybody with a kind heart. He, the hard-of-hearing jack-of-all-trades. We could rely on them to be whatever we needed from a neighbour. But then, as I got older, that closeness with my neighbours seemed to disappear. This neighbour we had in far north Queensland sometimes seemed to be downright hostile, for seemingly no reason. And for the most part, I've lacked that type of neighbour that nostalgia in 90s TV shows taught me with a staple. So I thought it best to visit my next door neighbour to see what she thought. Hi. Hi Sam, how are you? Good, how are you going? Good, come in. That's fine, thank you. Come into the wall. I mean, I don't know the whole street, I just know my immediate neighbours, really, and just from walking the dog when you walk past you know, past the same house for 26 years, you know, you'd see the same person and you say hi to. That hasn't changed, although the dog's dead. That's changed, so there's no walking the dog. My next door neighbour is Kay. She's been here a lot longer than us, but since we've been here, she's been the perfect neighbour. She's friendly, she doesn't have any wild, crazy parties, and she often mows our front nature strip. In fact, the only bad thing that I can find about her is that she supports Richmond, although that is pretty bad. But even for Kay, things have changed. Oh, it, it was different in the way that when I was growing up, we had a very strong friendship with our neighbours, like to the point where we'd be over at each other's houses all the time. They'd babysit us and even as far as going on holidays. So that was very different. Has that changed now? I don't have kids, so it puts me in a different category. But um, I, I dare say it's changed a bit because I think we've got a little bit more less trusting. I remember growing up and I was forever out the front <laughs> roaming. And I know, I mean, I have a great deal to do with my nieces and nephews or great nieces and nephews, but, um, you know, I wouldn't let them out of my sight. I mean, at this stage anyway, they're still too little, but when I was 10 and I got my first bike, I was gone. And um, I I know if I had children, that wouldn't be happening. And I'm not saying my parents were bad parents. It's just what happened. Despite all this, though, it doesn't seem to stop Kay from being friendly. Even though the world has changed, she continues to be the exact type of neighbour that makes it go around. Well, I always like to say hi to people. One of the things my mum always said, it's not hard to say hello. Um, And so majority people say hello back and that might be the extent of it and that's fine. And then you you have people that have been here for years and you really, you know, know a little bit better and can uh, ask about their world and how they are and stuff. And it's reciprocal. It's not just me being nosy. The neighbours reciprocate and um, I enjoy it and I hope that never disappears. It makes me wonder how much of my views on neighbours is actually just all about me. Mandy has no problem with strangers coming into her front yard to have a squiz at the llama. And when I was chatting with Danny on his balcony, the guy across the road arrived home. Hi, Rob. Yeah, it's good. Very good. I don't think I'd ever do that. And then there's Renee. When we moved in... And when my daughter was like four weeks old, I can remember holding her. She was so tiny. And we went and knocked on doors sort of around us to get to know people, which now that I look at it, 
It's probably a bit too much like Mary and Joseph looking for, a, you know, a place, a stable. But it was just our way of saying we're here. The older I get, the more I seem to want to avoid human interaction, even with friends. I don't think I'm socially awkward, but I do have this voice in my head that is constantly judging. And that judgment often makes me want to avoid talking to people or making eye contact or making new friends or thanking someone when they deserve it. I mentioned earlier that Kay sometimes mows our front nature strip. What I didn't mention is that I've never acknowledged it, never said thanks, and only once mown hers, and I didn't even really need it. I've thought about getting her a Christmas present, or just a regular present, as a way of saying thank you, but then I forget, and I let life get in the way, and then I start thinking that it's too late, and it would only be awkward if I were to acknowledge it now. But what kind of person, you know, what kind of neighbour can't even say thank you when something nice is done for them. No, I, look, um, you've acknowledged it now, so thanks. No, I, look, um, I don't, I don't keep the catcher on. Have you noticed that? I let let it blow. I think bugger that. I'm just going to run over it. <laughs> but um, what's three extra minutes of my time? And it just, I'm a bit of a neat freak. Although I haven't trimmed your edges, so I'm not going that far. <laughs> it's probably a flaw of human nature that we blame our quirks and faults on other people. Sometimes we don't take responsibility for who we are and what we do. It's the kid blaming their littering on everyone else because they do it too. It's the shopper justifying his stealing because the self-checkout aisles make it too easy. And it's the neighbour rationalising his unfriendliness with his belief that the world is going to shit. Then again, if there are still people who will mow your lawns just because, or shout out how low to you as you walk past or go door to door to befriend those that live near, then things can't be that bad. Because at the end of the day, even if the concept of neighbour is heading in the wrong direction, I'm under no obligation to follow. Thanks to Danny, Pat, Renee, Mandy, Kay, and my Nana Betty for their contributions to my neighbourhood and this story. The Reservoir Stomp Music Festival is happening on November 4th at the Preston Reservoir Bowls Club. Tickets go on sale September 17th. Head to Facebook for more info. You can also check out Danny's music by searching for Danny Walsh Band. That's band, B-A-N-N-E-D. The Human Ordinary Podcast is produced by me, Sam Loy, in Reservoir, Melbourne, Australia. All original music is by Kent Sutherland. Special thanks to Layla Brooke for continuing above and beyond support and Alison Chan for invaluable feedback and advice. You can learn more about the podcast by heading to the website humanordinary.com or the Facebook page Human Ordinary Podcast. The podcast will be taking a little mid-season break and we'll be back in early November. This episode of Human Ordinary was sponsored by Harry's. Head to harrys.com forward slash human ordinary to grab your special trial offer and filter easy. Call one 910 easy and quote the offer code human ordinary to get your first order free. Anyway, 
Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.